Chapter 10, All Hallows' Eve Okay, I'm here, Remus had texted. He was sitting in his truck parked on the street outside James and Lily's house. Tonight, the couple was hosting a pumpkin carving night only four days away from their infamous Halloween party. Tonight was also the first time he and Sirius would be around their friends after becoming boyfriends. Normally, Remus probably wouldn't have liked keeping it a secret if only for a few days, but somehow with Sirius it seemed exciting or somehow daring. The benefit of prolonging the inevitable look from Lily was merely an extra bonus. Come to the porch, his phone dinged at him. Remus hefted his pumpkin up with one arm and grabbed the significantly lighter tote bag and car keys with his other as he stepped out of the truck. It had been a while since he had carved pumpkins at Halloween, and in his excitement he had purchased one of the largest gourds he could find. The front door of the house opened and suddenly Sirius was standing there. Remus had seen him just yesterday for lunch, but would be lying if he said he didn't already miss him. After exchanging platonic greetings, Remus asked, Wow, did you make me wait in the car after parking? Sirius made a dramatic show of looking both directions down the street and then back at the now-closed door before pulling Remus into an open-mouthed kiss. So I could do that, he answered smugly before taking the pumpkin out of Remus's grip and walking inside. Remus stood on the porch for half a beat, stunned, before following. Remus was warmly welcomed by James and Lily, and soon enough they were all sitting on the floor of the kitchen, which was covered in newspapers, each with a pumpkin at the ready. All right, in three, two, one, James called out, hovering over the stopwatch app on his phone. He paused with a big grin, which, when accompanied by the larger knife in his hand, looked slightly maniacal. Get on with it, Sirius prompted, sounding exasperated. Are you ever going to press start? Oh, I know, you're just trying to distract me so that... Start! James cried out and immediately stabbed into the top of his pumpkin, laughing at Sirius's predictable complaint. Remus began carving out the top of his gourd, then to scoop out the middle, Lily had pulled him aside to instruct him, as she often did when James and Sirius had a particularly bizarre ritual, that the pumpkin carving night had two competitions. First was a race against the clock to fully scoop out the inside of your pumpkin, and second was the overall finished look of the carved pumpkin. The second part was untimed, but as Lily advised, it was more enjoyable if you finished before James or Sirius because they were prone to offering unsolicited design advice. Remus had laughed through it all, feeling just as at home with the group's antics as the first time he was here for dinner. Suddenly, a pumpkin seed hit Remus in the shoulder. He turned his head, a look of indignant surprise on his face, to see Sirius smiling while looking pointedly away, as if the assailing seed came from his direction, but not by his hand. Remus picked up a seed to throw back. Sirius caught it with a quiet smile on his face. After he turned his head to look at both James and Lily, who were focusing intently on their pumpkin scooping, Sirius raised one hand to his lips to blow a little kiss to Remus. Remus beamed. He started to mimic the expression, but James looked up as his hand touched his lips and he turned the gesture into a pensive hand on his chin. Blushing fiercely, he looked back down to his pumpkin, feeling like a student taking a test trying to show the teacher how good he was at not cheating. Out of the corner of his eye, Remus could see Sirius silently laughing at him before James's voice drew his attention away. And I'm done, James announced. First one done. 
Sorry, Remus. Sorry, Lily. Better luck next time. But suck it, Sirius. My pumpkin scooping crown is back this year. He crawled across the newspaper-laden floor, trying not to disturb the untaped pages while also dodging gobs of pumpkin innards. Once he got to Sirius, he grabbed the pumpkin out of the other man's grasp. Give that back. I'm busy, Sirius protested. Not busy enough. You, my friend, are off your game tonight. Very suspicious, very suspicious indeed, he finished with narrowed eyes that traveled from Sirius to Remus. Remus silently raised his eyebrows and Sirius snatched back his almost finished pumpkin, but James didn't drop his detective-esque stare until Lily called him to help her finish scooping. I'll grab the carving tools, Lily announced helpfully as she hauled herself to a standing position. She shot Remus a conspiratorial wink before grabbing and distributing small knives and sharpie markers amongst the four stations. Remus had watched her hold one small carving knife separate from the rest and carefully place it in front of James's pumpkin. After James finished drawing his outline, which no one was allowed to see, he carefully inserted the planted knife into the center of his pumpkin. When he made to move the blade down, however, a loud snapping noise shot out. James looked up in surprise, now only holding the hilt of the knife, the blade seemingly still embedded in the squash. Lily, he groaned, and the room filled with laughter. Remus hunkered down to work on his design. He had been told to be creative, and so he had already spent some time thinking about carving what would be achievable at his skill level and interesting. His idea was a wolf howling at a moon, with the wolf completely cut out of the pumpkin and the moon just scraped at the surface so it would glow when the candle was lit inside. His result was more of a Pac-Man-shaped cutout in a less-than-circular blob, but all things considered, he was pleasantly surprised. Let me see your design. Warm air brushed the back of Remus's neck as Sirius stood closely behind him. I like it, Sirius declared. It's very creative he finally settled on. Remus spun to face him, face arranged into indignant shock. That was such a teacher comment. You would 100% say that to a kindergartner student when you don't know what their drawing is. Oh my god. He shook his head in amusement. Remus turned to face his pumpkin again before leaning back into Sirius, the other man lightly wrapping one arm around his waist. Okay, let's torch them. James declared, walking onto the porch with Lily's pumpkin. Lily followed him with four small tea candles and a lighter. Oh, aren't we cozy then, James said, a mischievous glint in his eye, as he noticed Sirius and Remus, who had taken half steps away from each other once he came outside. I was trying to see it from Remus's perspective, Sirius said guiltily. Hmm, for that, you would have to grow a few inches, James said while poking his brother in the ribs. James's suspicions seemed to dissolve as he wrestled with Sirius. Lily took advantage of the lack of attention on the pumpkins to light all four candles without fanfare. Remus suspected that both James and Sirius would have been much more of a liability wielding a lighter than the redhead, and couldn't help but smile again at the friend group's dynamics. Four pumpkins flickered with light on the porch, and four friends stood to admire them. Lily had carved a witch riding a broomstick. James had carved a few bats in flight with fangs visible. Sirius's pumpkin was an incredibly detailed and zoomed-in image of a honeybee. The carved insect had faint scratches in the pumpkin for lines on the wings, granting them an eerie glow, and somehow through the crisscrossing of shapes and barely intact pieces, he had created an outline of a carved-away space, allowing the entire bee to be surrounded by candlelight. 
I carved James's worst fear, Sirius announced gleefully, but stole a few glances at Remus to gauge his reaction. Impressed, Remus smiled at Sirius as the other friends offered their praise while studying the product. The win for part two of the pumpkin carving night went unanimously to Sirius. As Remus said his goodbyes, Sirius stood as well. I have a reading to do for class tomorrow, so I'll just walk out with Remus, Sirius explained. Once they finally left the house ten minutes after the goodbyes first begun, Remus was still laughing from the funny story James was wholeheartedly reenacting as Sirius slipped a warm hand into his and laced their fingers together. Hi, Sirius said softly. Oh, hi, Remus returned. As they got to the truck, Remus looked around for Sirius's motorcycle. Where did you park? He questioned. I don't really have a reading due tomorrow, Sirius replied with a smirk. Do you want to go get ice cream or something? Remus immediately agreed, and after a moment they were driving away from James and Lily's house, Sirius in the passenger seat as Remus drove. The truck was manual transmission, so there was really only so much one-handed driving possible, but on the straighter roads, Remus would move his right hand from the gear shift to Sirius's thigh. Do you actually want ice cream? Remus asked. Honestly, I think I'm still full from eating all those chips you brought, Sirius confessed. Remus smiled. Do you want to spend the night at my place? He asked with a hopeful glance over at his passenger. Sirius groaned. I really do, and I don't have a reading due tomorrow, but I do have a really early class, so I should probably say no. I'm sorry, Rem. Remus nodded. It's okay. He assured, inwardly smiling at the nickname. We can just drive for a bit and I'll drop you back off at your bike. Or, Sirius said, lightly tracing the back of Remus's hand atop his leg, we could walk around the rose garden for a bit. In the dark, Remus questioned with a raised eyebrow. In the dark, Sirius confirmed, grinning. They made slow loops through the moonlight rose garden, pausing every once in a while to smell a rose, read a funny name, or for Sirius to say something ridiculously sappy, like this one reminds me of you, which Remus's heart could barely handle. Hey, Remus said, do you know that you make me really happy? I do, Sirius smiled, giving his hand a squeeze. Yeah, Remus confirmed, even before we became us. When I just met you and James and Lily too, I really feel happy to be part of the group. I still feel that way. Well, I'm glad that you're part of it too. You make me happy too, Sirius replied. Remus nodded. I guess what I mean to say is, well, he paused, trying to assign words to the emotion he suddenly felt. The strong emotion spurred on by walking slowly through an empty rose garden at night in the dark while holding hands with his new boyfriend. Ah, uh, wasn't in the best place the past year before we met. Sirius smiled sadly but stayed quiet. You know that my parents both died a little over a year ago. I'm still grieving, I know, but I'm in a much better place of acceptance about the whole thing now. Everything happened so fast, I think. Like my mom was sick, so I moved back in at the farm, and then she got worse, and then my dad was sick too, and then suddenly I was arranging consecutive funerals and making decisions I didn't think I'd have to worry about for another 30 years. They had stopped walking and were now sitting on a stone bench in front of an unplugged fountain. 
I've always loved the farm and beekeeping, but I didn't think it would be my life right now, I guess is what I mean. I started helping out and then I never stopped. Is it what you want? Sirius asked. Would you want to change anything about your current life or your job? I don't think so, Remus answered. Honestly, I haven't really taken much time to think about it, but I think I'm happy for now with it, and I'm in a good place, Remus assured. I'm confident that I was ready for a relationship and everything mental health-wise, but being with you now, ever since we met, really, it's just like my world got brighter. Like daylight? Sirius asked. Like daylight, Remus confirmed. On the morning of the Halloween party, Remus woke up slowly. He had purposefully not set an alarm, and the first light of the morning was filtering in through open curtains. Blinking his eyes and yawning, Remus leaned to the side to see Sirius in bed next to him, still asleep. The other man had starfished his limbs out at some point in the night, and was occupying much more space on the bed than he really needed. Intending to fix this imbalance, Remus nestled in close to his boyfriend who, still asleep, reflexively wrapped his arms around him and held him tight. Remus smiled and allowed himself to drift off to sleep once more. Eventually, they both woke up together a little while later. They left the bed in search of caffeine and breakfast. Sirius's lack of a shirt while cooking eggs made Remus spill coffee down the front of his own t-shirt, a calamity Sirius decided to remedy by removing it for him. It was about one minute later when Minerva stopped by to drop off pumpkin-flavored scones and willfully added to Remus's embarrassment and blush that he was certain would now be permanently installed on his face by asking, very innocently of course, why the house smelled like burned eggs. Later, as they donned and appraised their costumes in the mirror, Remus asked Sirius the question he was for some reason nervous to voice. How do you want to tell Lillian James? Are we just arriving together and not hiding anything? Sirius turned to face Remus. It seemed like the other man could detect the difference between when Remus merely needed a conversation partner who could listen and respond, and when Remus needed reassurance and his full attention. I want them to know, Sirius said, and I want to tell them tonight, but I want it to be in whatever way you feel more comfortable. If you don't want it to be a joke of them finding out, it doesn't have to be. No, it's okay. Sorry, I just... Remus tried to think of what to say. Sirius seemed to know what he meant, though, and spoke for him. I'm not trying to hide us from them. I'm so happy to be with you, and I want to show you off to everyone. Remus felt himself relax at the words, and he hugged Sirius. Standing there in front of the bathroom mirror, Sirius took a picture of the two of them. The mirror was a bit streaked, there were random costume donning materials littered about the counter, and a towel was half fallen from a hook in the background. But it was perfect. Sirius took his costume of sexy beekeeper very seriously and spent an impressive amount of time getting ready after Remus had finished his own Halloween costume. Remus felt slightly stupid in his black jeans, yellow and black striped shirt, plastic antenna, headband, and fake wings. He was wearing two pairs of wearable wings, because when he had commented to Sirius in the costume store that bees have two pairs of wings, not just one like in the set, Sirius had insisted on righting the immense wrong by purchasing two sets. Remus sat on his bed, making plans to ditch the antenna after making introductions, and assumed he could part with at least one pair of wings at the party as well. 
When Sirius emerged from the bathroom, Remus opened his eyes wide in shock. Sirius had always appeared effortlessly gorgeous, but now, standing in front of Remus in his bedroom, Sirius was incredibly and purposefully gorgeous. Effort evident in the time he spent and self-awareness evident in the smirk he appraised Remus with. He had placed significant rips in all the right places on a bee suit that was slightly too tight on him to begin with. He had applied smoky eye makeup, which only accentuated his naturally long eyelashes. Wow, was all Remus could say. Let's go, my little bee, Sirius said with a grin. I want to show you off at the party before I get to keep you all night. Remus regained his normal brain function after hearing the pun. That was terrible, he said with a fond smile. Also, I think I'm going to be the one showing you off. I mean, wow. He raked his eyes up and down Sirius's body, smirking when he succeeded in making the other man look a bit flustered. You be careful, he added in a low voice. Ah, sting. They dissolved into laughter before finally leaving for the party. Sirius's lengthy time in getting ready had assured they would be arriving after it started, but Remus had a feeling that had been intentional. He may have only been dating Sirius for one week, but he had a good idea of just how much his boyfriend liked to make an entrance. As the two costume-wearing men walked up the drive to James and Lily's house, Remus felt a familiar tug of social anxiety. The house was loud, even from the front yard, with the noises of both music and voices. Sirius must have noticed Remus's very slight hesitation because he laced their fingers together, leaned over to whisper in his ear, I've got you. Let's go, he said. Let's go, Remus confirmed, feeling better already. Inside, there were dozens of people walking about, holding cups or food, or dancing towards the left side of the living room. All of them were in well-constructed costumes. Sirius quickly whisked Remus away to meet some of his friends he hadn't been introduced to yet. Dorcas and Marlene were a nice couple, in matching Elizabethan-era dresses with swords at the hip. They were a few years older than the men, and Sirius told Remus how he and Dorcas had bonded over being the eldest students in one of their psychology classes last year. Apparently, after a few freshmen began jokingly calling them mom and dad, both Sirius and Dorcas exclaimed, gross, I'm gay, at the same time, and their friendship was forever cemented. Remus was introduced to an older man in an Edgar Allan Poe costume. The man's fake raven, perched on his shoulder combined with an eye patch, made him look slightly more like a pirate than the macabre writer, but Alastor, calm and moody, everyone else does, played the part by showing his ability to be a ventriloquist by a repetition of Nevermore from the bird. Did I ever tell you, Remus mentioned to Sirius as they turned away, that I kind of wanted to be a writer? Really? Sirius asked. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, but I don't think I could pull off the spooky aesthetic as well as Moody did. They laughed. Sirius got pulled into a circle of people at a table playing some sort of drinking game and tried to make space for Remus as well. Shaking his head, Remus signaled that Sirius should play without him. Remus decided to search for a drink for himself. In the kitchen, Remus was looking over the seemingly endless options of bottles and juices when Lily's voice screamed out his name. Oh my god, Remus! This is the best costume I've seen all night! It's completely adorable! She declared. Remus turned to face her and collapsed into laughter. Lily was dressed as a nun. A pregnant nun. <laughs> you, he laughed. 
I'm probably going to hell for this. Hey, I saw my chance and I took it, she defended, hands on her bump. I already have enough Catholic guilt from my childhood. Why not go all out? Oh, she said suddenly, switching into hostess mode. Pour yourself anything here to drink. Also at the end of the dining table is pregnant person punch, and I don't have to work tomorrow punch. They're labeled. James made both. Drink the non-pregnant one responsibly because James pours the almost empty bottles of alcohol from the mixed drinks table in it as the night goes on. (laughs) Of course he does. Remus said with a smile. He opted to pour about one shot's worth of vodka into an orange and black cup and add orange juice. When he looked up from his newly made drink, James had appeared next to Lily. Remus, I love your costume, James grinned. He was dressed as a Jedi, complete with two lightsabers at his belt. And may the force be with you too, Remus joked. Yes, he gets it. James excitedly spoke to Lily. James, I think most people know what a Jedi looks like, Lily said amusedly. To Remus, she stage whispered, He's had a lot of the non-pregnant punch. Missing the interruption, James continued excitedly to Remus. Marl's Dorcas and I are going to battle later, although I have to find someone else to join me or get them to drink more first. If you see anyone else with a sword or a lightsaber, send them my way. Remus solemnly agreed to do just that when Sirius entered the kitchen. Apparently seeing his costume for the first time, both James and Lily widened their eyes in surprise. The ladders quickly narrowed and flicked between Remus and Sirius. Thankfully, James spoke before his girlfriend. Oh my god, wow! Darth Potter, I'm pleased to meet you, Sirius said. I am a sexy beekeeper. He took a moment to form a Cheshire grin before looping an arm around Remus's waist. And this, he spoke, is my bee. James looked ecstatic. Lily, it's happening. Finally. When? What happened? How long? Tell me everything. He prompted, looking at Sirius. Remus tried to read Lily's expression and decided to speak up a bit more directly than Sirius was. Sirius and I are dating now. We're boyfriends. Boyfriends, James echoed. Finally, he said again. Finally, Sirius agreed. Probably would have been a little sooner if someone didn't try to intervene. Remus looked at his boyfriend, discomforted but not surprised by his sudden cold tone. Sirius, Lily said in an equally chilling but faux chipper voice, would you like to talk outside with me? It's a little hot in here. I'd love to, Sirius answered. As the pregnant nun and sexy beekeeper left through the sliding glass door to face each other within the light of the kitchen, Remus was suddenly left alone with James. "Uh Uh-oh, James said in a light but humorless voice. I think my people are fighting again. Remus, have you tried the punch? I made it myself. (laughs) Not yet. But now that you mention it, I think I better pour myself a full cup. The kitchen was too loud for them to hear what their partners were saying outside. But Remus could see that their body language was not happy. Do they do this a lot? He asked. Not really, James said. They have sort of a brother-sister relationship, so when they do butt heads, it's a bit dramatic. But they always come back around, I think, he added, as they watched Sirius throw his hands up and turn away from Lily in exasperation. Yeah, Remus said slowly. But I'm so happy for you two, really. I think you're great for each other, and now we can all hang out even more. (laughs) Thanks, James. 
Just then, the song that was playing in the background ended, and the outdoor arguing voices were suddenly audible from inside. I can't believe you. Really? Oh, sorry for trying to protect my friend. Protect him from what? From me? Yes, you, Sirius, protect him from you. I can't believe you still think so highly of me. A sarcastic sneer accompanied Sirius's words. All I did was point out your previous track record. All you did, Sirius corrected, was try to stop two adults who like each other from being together. For however long. What does that even mean, Lily? What it means is that I don't believe that you are suddenly going to stay settled down with someone you met recently and be happy to give up your wild and free bachelor lifestyle. A pause followed Lily's words almost long enough for James to speak to Remus, but both men were captivated by the argument. The music had picked up again, but they had glued themselves to the glass to hear. Wow. You know, I don't care that you insulted me, but I can't believe you would insult Remus like that. Remus raised his eyebrows in shock. Serious, when you get bored or distracted or something, that boy is going to be brokenhearted, and whatever fun times we've had as a group of friends over the past month will be gone. Remus felt his face fall. Lily's words were almost an exact opposite of James's, where James had assured Remus he would be even more a part of their lives as a friend and a partner of Sirius. Lily seconded Remus's private fear that becoming Sirius's plus one would weaken his friendship with James and Lily. Through the glass, Remus watched Sirius shrug. First of all, that boy is a 24-year-old man. I don't know what to say to you, aside from the fact that we're all adults, and we can communicate about these things, and so far it's been great. I really like him. We're really good for each other. And we talked about our fears, and my family. You talked about your family? Lily's tone had switched from antagonizing to surprise. You've never talked about your family to guys you've been with. I know, and that kind of scares me, but it's also really good. And I'm happy. And also both our boyfriends are listening to us right now. Lily gave a little laugh as she turned to the glass, seeing Remus blushing and James studying the ceiling. I still love you, you know, Lily said. Don't do anything to hurt him. Sirius groaned. Ugh, I wasn't going to. And I know, I love you too. There was an awkward silence between the four of them as Lily and Sirius walked back inside, and Remus deferred to the three who had known each other the longest for an appropriate strategy to end it. Eventually, Sirius and Remus walked to the living room together, and James and Lily stayed in the kitchen, refilling bowls of chips and cleaning small messes. Do you want to talk about it? Remus ventured hesitantly. Not really, Sirius answered. You heard it all, right? Mostly. Well, unless you really want to talk about it, I would be honored to receive your hand for this next dance. Remus would have agreed to anything that Sirius had asked for with that winning smile, and if it meant jumping up and down, surrounded by other people, while some god-awful version of a song vaguely resembling the Monster Mash played far too loudly, then that was that. Remus felt his anxieties about Lily's frustration melt away as he spun Sirius in a silly ballroom twirl and the alcohol in his bloodstream made its presence known. After a few more songs, the dance floor was cleared to make way for a battle arena. It was discovered that the swords Marlene and Dorcas wore were a bit more dangerous than the plastic lightsaber, so the battle between Jedi and Elizabethan princess pirates was fought one-on-one, -on -one with one lightsaber each. 
Marlene opted to sit out, filming her wife, who was fighting for her honor. At the start of the duel, James's brown skin was flushed pink from alcohol, and Dorcas seemed much more steady on her feet. After James's first swipe at her missed by a few feet, she took a moment to fluff her afro nonchalantly to the delight of the growing crowd. They sparred for a few minutes, plastic sabers clicking together dramatically. Someone, presumably Lily, switched the party music to the Imperial March from Star Wars. Remus was reminded of James's success at drunken air hockey when he deftly ducked under a strike from Dorcas and somersaulted towards her, lightsaber extended. The pair worked together to pull off a dramatic fake stab and collapse from Dorcas, complete with croaking final words of, Marlene, avenge me. The audience roared with laughter, and Remus was once again surprised by how great everyone was. They may be completely ridiculous, but Remus loved bearing witness to all of said ridiculousness. Marlene jumped up to retrieve her fallen wife. She did an impressive lift to hoist Dorcas up with one arm, grabbed her fallen lightsaber with the other. Marlene made a move to duel James while carrying her partner, but Lily intervened. Okay, okay, someone's going to get hurt, and if you get hurt during a drunken lightsaber battle in my house, I am not administering first aid, Lily joked, and the duelers put down their weapons. From his right side, Remus heard Sirius give a scoff, presumably at Lily for ruining the fun, but Remus privately agreed with her, even if she did just have an argument about something completely unrelated to safety of his boyfriend. The night went on with plenty of sweets, drinks, jokes, and little affectionate gestures from Sirius that made Remus's heart sore. Eventually, a small group was left at the house in varying degrees of tiredness, draped over couches and the floor. Remus helped Sirius and James assemble couch beds and prepare bedrooms for those that would be sleeping over. Once everyone was settled, James followed Remus and Sirius back to Sirius's unofficially assigned bedroom. Good thing you two can bunk together since so many people are crashing here. James said. <laughs> yeah, good thing, Remus laughed. It's only for the convenience of the other guests that I'll share a bed with Sirius. Hey, Sirius objected. Remus pulled him in for a quick kiss and apology and James made an audible mwah sound. This is adorable. You guys are adorable. I'm happy for you, James said sincerely. Thanks, Sirius responded. Hey, Rem, you can take the bathroom first if you want. Not missing the look between James and Sirius and expecting the two brothers to have a conversation with each other about the events of the night, including finding out about Sirius's relationship with Remus and Lily's reaction to the revelation, Remus agreed to take the bathroom and left the two alone. Exercising a considerable amount of self-restraint and a considerable need to use the bathroom, Remus didn't even eavesdrop. Later, when Sirius climbed under the covers to join Remus, Remus pulled him in close. Conversation go better with James than it did with Lily? Remus asked. Sirius laughed, tucking Remus's hands up against his chest. Much better. Good night, baby. Remus smiled against the back of Sirius's neck and drifted off happily.